Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Welcome to the Five Star Zone. Evan Jenkins and Rico Beard on the other side of the mic. Oh, isn't that nice? Oh, Evan, I'm trying to make your day a little bit brighter <laughs> today, man. You, you're, you're the shining star of this podcast. Well, I will be when you hear a couple of things I have to say. Oh, Trust me. I can't wait. Well, here's the thing. Who would have thought? Both teams sitting here at 3-0. and oh. Okay, let's just go with the obvious, the appetizer, the, the hors d'oeuvre. Michigan annihilated Northern Illinois. You know what? Michigan was supposed to annihilate Northern Illinois. I know there was the whole buildup of Rocky Lombardi's coming back, guys. Rocky Lombardi doesn't have the same receivers that he had a year ago. Or same linemen or anything. Right. It, it was kind of Rocky was the big kid in third grade and everybody else was normal size. Rocky did some things. Rocky did some things to me that were a little concerning, uh, especially early on when the game wasn't out of hand. The way that Northern Illinois ran the ball and how he ran some of those quarterback sneaks and draws, I was like, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, if I'm Mike McDonald, I'm circling those plays. Guys, we need to tighten that up. Got more talent than Northern Illinois. That's the beauty of those games. Evan, you can make mistakes and it doesn't hurt you. Not, not going to beat you. Those are almost the games that you do want to make mistakes. Right. That's what I talked about in the last podcast where I want to see a mistake so you can overcome it. Right. So when you do make those mistakes against a great team. But, I mean, if you want to break down the Michigan-Northern Illinois, Michigan scored, but first nine drives, yeah, there was nothing to really take away except for you had a really, really, really good spring game that took place last Saturday. That's what that was. Everybody left the big house feeling good about themselves. Everybody left the big house thinking, okay, we got something here. It's going to take another step up starting this week with Rutgers. Though Rutgers is missing one of their uh, starting corners because he got into it with a, a paint gun incident yeah. and got arrested. The uh. other guy that got suspended is not even on the depth chart. So, really, they're losing one corner. I don't know how significant that is because Michigan doesn't throw the ball. So, okay, let's just call that a wash. But Rutgers' defense is is a step up from where they've been. In the first quarter of the season, you've played bad defense. I mean, Washington, I, I don't know what Washington was trying to do that day. I, I still don't know if they were trying to win the game or what, some of the things that they were doing. Things that you know, you know that Michigan has a good running game. Very good. But, you know, you know also know that you can defeat MAC teams. Let's just call it what it is. Before you start getting angry at me, you knocked off two MAC teams and a piss poor Washington Huskies team. Step now you take that next step up. You got um, 
Rutgers, you're going to have uh, Wisconsin, and then you get Nebraska. A lot of teams in red. So we'll call these the next quarter of the season the, the red line games because you're going to be playing three red teams. Each Wisconsin on the road, that's the game that everybody's kind of looking at. Well, that's always tough anytime you go in there, even if they're a down team, which kind of looks like they are well, this because, year. Yeah, they're a down team, but Wisconsin's made Michigan their love pillow for the last couple of years. Absolutely. On a dominant run game, exactly what Michigan's, I mean, you know tr- how Michigan's they, trying to become Wisconsin, if you ask me. They are. And, it's, you know, it's funny because you know how you always hold – you see the people holding up the signs with, like, the weird things, like a Chick-fil-A sign. Oh, yeah. Plus uh, the Michelin Man. And, like, and, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. Yeah, the way Wisconsin was beating Michigan, they were actually holding up the plays that they're running. We're going to the left. He's going to pitch it out, and then he's going to just take a turn and go right upfield, and Michigan still couldn't stop the play. So, And then you follow up on the road at Nebraska. Now, we're going to get to Nebraska in a minute, but I think Nebraska's a better team than where they were at the beginning of the season. I, I, I got to back off. I thought they were god-awful. Well, they, they were to start When they the lost year. Illinois, but all of a sudden – I'm not saying they're great, but they're not the dog crap team that I thought they were at the beginning of the season. So, but for Michigan, you, 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 now you get Rutgers. I don't know if Rutgers can score point for point. Michigan should still win this game. I think I saw that they're like an 82% chance that Michigan wins this game. I think that's about right. And they're also like 19 point favorites. Like 20, I think it just moved up to 20. So, yeah, to be a three touchdown favorite, I mean, that's big time stuff, especially judging off of the game that you played against Rutgers last year that went to, what, triple overtime? Yeah. And you know that everybody there is still pissed off. It's not like they sent a bunch of guys to the league and everything like that. So they're going to be giving them their best shot. But it's funny because we've talked about this with Michigan, and, and I understand the media has a job to do, and their job is to sell papers and everything and clicks, and I'm right there since I run a website. And Michigan is the moneymaker. I will always understand that. In Southeast Michigan, it is the University of Michigan. But I read something this morning (laughs) that blew me away, and it said Jim Harbaugh explains the difference in the team winning now or something along those lines, right? I'm paraphrasing. The difference is that you're not playing – Michigan State right off the rip, and you're not playing Wisconsin and Penn State. Yes, you can't compare this year to last year. You can't. I understand that. But you can't say this is why Michigan – you're off to a great start because you're back to playing the schedule. you can't have John Neal saying that Michigan's putting the Big Ten on notice because you know what the Big Ten noticed? You're the king of the MAC. That's what the Big Ten noticed. The Big Ten noticed you haven't played anybody. Well, it's what they've always done. But it's wait and show me. So, And they did with Washington. They showed me that they can beat that team. Right. But Washington didn't show me that they're a team that can fight Washington back. was a bitter disappointment. So it's – you know what the, the notice I got from Michigan is you beat the teams you were supposed to beat and you beat them handily. And you did it very well. Now, let's take the next step. And we're going to do a deep dive into Michigan next week. And as a matter of fact, I'm kind of done talking about Michigan because no, abso- there was ab- nothing to take away from that game. Absolutely. Nothing. And that's my point. That was they're zero, doing what they should do. That was empty calories And what that was. Nobody were, got hurt. And everybody's good. They weren't the underdog against Washington, so you can't say that that was like a big upset or they did something that they shouldn't do. They were the favorite. So yeah. that's all I want to say is they got a show-me game, and they're probably, I would, you know, if I'm a betting man, I'm putting my money for Michigan to cover that spread. I am because Rutgers has one player. It's their special teams, kick returner, punt returner. Kid is dynamite. But 
probably won't get that many punts. So we'll see. So, um, but that other game that happened in I was about to say Miami. We, all right, can we be done with yep, Michigan now? Absolutely. Okay, good. Now let's get to the main course. The biggest game of Saturday was Michigan State going down to Miami. Michigan State was an underdog on the road. Everybody talked about the Miami Heat and how it was going to be difficult. And Mel Tucker took those boys down there, and they out miami Miami. Everything that Miami was known for, Michigan State did better. Down to the fourth quarter, Miami was the ones with their hands on their hips. Miami was the team that looked tired. Miami was the team that made a ton of mistakes, turned the ball over late in the game. There was so much to take away from that game, but I think the biggest thing I need to take from that is how Tucker had that team prepared. They were prepared, even Tucker, breaking out the shorts. I'm like, you know what? That dude has some swagger. I already I, loved it when he untucked his shirt and never had that shirt tucked in, but when he busted out those shorts, I was like, right. And for uh, for a guy that says, I don't know what swagger is, Coach, you are dripping swagger right now. He's playing chess while everybody else was playing checkers that day. Right. And then he's kind of doing that old, you know, oh, shucks. Really? We're, we're winning? I didn't really know. He knows exactly what he's doing the team. Evan, I can say now, they prepared for that Miami game all summer long. Anytime that it was miserable outside, they were practicing to kind of get the players used to that. They would crank up the heat inside the practice facility because they didn't want to get get worn down. They wanted the players to know what it was going to feel like. Now, was that dismissing Northwestern and dismissing Youngstown State? Well, maybe, but it worked. You got to give it up to the nutritionalist. She had them. I think one player cramped. That was it. They rotated guys in and out. At the end of the game, Michigan State was looking fresh. You're seeing Speedy Naylor wide open for the touchdown that made it 31-17. to And I'm so glad you brought that up because my friends and I, before we ever started this podcast, when before Mel Tucker was ever at, the, at Michigan State, we would say there's something wrong with their strength and conditioning at Michigan State. I'm not saying that they're doing a bad job, but there's something wrong because their star players get hurt every single year. It was it was archaic. The strength and conditioning, you know, Ken Manny, it worked a while ago, but football has changed, but he was still trying to build up guys to play in the eighties and the nineties where it wasn't working in the in the you know, in the modern era of football where you know, you didn't just basically run the. I mean, you you saw the strength and conditioning program, the flaws. After everybody's senior year, they ended up dropping like 25, 30 pounds. And you don't, almost don't recognize them. Like, whoa, who is that? Like, well, like Le'Veon Bell, I remember. Le'Veon Bell dropped like 20 pounds, and then he got ready for the NFL draft. It's like, well, why weren't you playing at this weight before? Well, that coach just wanted us bigger. So. Yeah, it was all about big, bulky, let's get these guys out there, you know. Now it's more about uh It's more like the TB12 approach yeah. where you keep your body healthy. It's not necessarily about bulking muscles. Yeah, flexible, yes. speed, and you're starting to see that with, with Michigan State. But, yeah, so they, they, they were prepared going into that game. Four turnovers. I mean, honestly, I wanted them – after that final pick, I, I wanted Ronald Williams to go over on the Miami sideline and just pull a straight Debo and just snatch the chain. <laughs> give give me the turnover chain. Well, and good for that kid, too. Ed. First couple weeks were very rough on him. Yeah. 
and he really showed out to do th- to jump a hitch. I think is one of the toughest things to do as a corner because you are so risky. No, it wasn't. It was actually it showed me how smart he was. Here's why, Evan. Glad you brought that up. I was going to talk about it later, but hey, let's talk about it now. It was smart because by the end of the game, Michigan State's defense had beat up De'Eric King so badly, he couldn't throw the ball. It was like Drew Brees in the air yards. De'Eric King couldn't throw the ball over 10 yards. He was skipping passes downfield. Well, he did go down with what it looked like a shoulder injury, and then he came back. Which and then he like, went down again yeah. when when uh, when he got sacked. Yep. When uh, Beasley hit him and caused the other fumble. I don't know if every state fans were probably celebrating, but they showed a shot where his teammate was kind of carrying him off the field, mm-hmm. and he was like real ginger on that shoulder. He couldn't throw the ball. And I see that, to me, is where Ronald Williams has that SEC Alabama type. He was t- Okay, as soon as you see weakness, you attack the weakness. I'm jumping this route because I know it's not going to be a double move. You can't throw the ball that far. So even if you try, it's an incomplete pass. He jumped it. It worked. That's smart to me because I was saying the whole thing, saying, like, this guy can't throw anything deep. He's done. He's toast, and their backup is not ready. Miami did exactly what I thought Miami would do. Manny Diaz did not fail. They they blitzed a lot, and for the first quarter, they held MSU in check. I give Jay Johnson a lot of credit because he's calling the plays. He made adjustments. And how many years did we always say, my God, can't you guys make adjustments? Jay Johnson made adjustments, and he started, okay, you know what? Let's use the tight ends. So they used the tight ends in the in the second quarter. State drove the ball down. They got 10 points going into halftime. And then in the third and fourth quarters, you know what? You can't stop our running game. You you can't stop Kenneth Walker the third. We're going to just let him take it. And, and Miami players came out there and said, this guy was faster than we thought he was. I mean, he looked fast on tape, but we didn't think he was that fast. He was like Big Ten fast. It's like, this, this guy's fast. You saw the angles they were trying to take. And he got the corner on him all the time. Well, it's that. I mean, I watch him, and every time, just from being a kid that had a lot of injuries, I'm like, every move he makes, I'm like, oh, I feel like I would have torn my ACL there. And he makes these moves that I don't remember a Michigan State running back making these seamless moves like he does. See, Like, th- you can combine a few kids. No, that, that, like I said, I think Le'Veon, Le'Veon can make the moves, but Le'Veon didn't have the speed. No, but Ringer, that's what I'm saying. Javon like, Ringer, was pro- he's probably the closest equivalent. Closest, but still not there, I don't think. But, like, yeah. We're, he is doing things, like, and, and he can be in there for 30 carries. You know what he, he is? And gets stronger as the game goes on. He's reaching the point where it's and, – and don't get me wrong, and please don't get these words twisted, but it's like certain play, like Barry Sanders and Michael Vick. Whenever they had the ball in their hands, you always lean forward. Whether you realize it or not, you lean forward because you didn't know what they were about to do next. Are they about to make some history here? Are they about to do something I've never seen before? Like Lamar Jackson. I was about to say, Lamar Jackson is kind of that way. When Lamar Jackson all of a sudden starts to scramble, think about it. The next time that happens, just kind of look at yourself and notice your body position. You've leaned forward. You're now really in tune to, okay, okay, am I about to see something that's going to be in the next video game, in the next commercial? Am I about to see something? You know, is is, is it going to be Barry Sanders run against 
New England Patriots when he spun Harlan Barnett around in a circle. Yeah, or, or Tampa where he turns John Lynch around. Or is, it, is it Michael Vick? Where, you know when he what he did against Green Bay oh in that playoff goodness. game, or even the Vikings. And and it's like yeah, the Vikings. Yeah, you look at, at players like that, and there's players every year that are like that, or that can see a play two or three moves ahead. Like it seems like he's almost setting the defender up. Like I want you to attack yep. me from this angle so I can go that way. Right. That a commercial. Here's a dollar. Oh, you almost yep. had it. And, and 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 like I said, it's another it's another show me game this weekend with Nebraska. It, it is. is. Well, Nebraska game is can you handle success? Mel Tucker talked about we drug him into the deep water. Yes. And that's where we wanted him to go. This is where the hard work we we put it, basically he was saying we put in hard work. I don't know if you put in hard work. We do things the right way. I don't know if you do things the right way. I don't know if you have the tenacity that we do, but we're going to drag you and we're going to make you play our style of game, and they did. And once again, I love what Mel Tucker is doing with the whole swagger thing because most coaches, and I think D'Antonio included, when Michigan State was up 24-17 to and they had just got that first down with the quarterback sneak, would have then it was like four minutes left. Now it's milk the clock. It would have been run, run, run. Milk the clock. Let's kick a field goal. We give them the ball back with some two minutes to go, but we're up two scores. So we could absorb them if they go down and score. We just got to make, you know, one first down and this game is over. That's checkers. Chess was, you know what? It wasn't even chess. Tucker was playing dominoes and he knew he had the last main pieces and he slapped them on the table. That's what he did. How about this? We just got the first down. They're thinking we're going to run the ball to kill out the clock. Let's go deep. And Speedy Naylor, wide open. Even the announcers were, like, shocked. Like, he's wide open. Yeah, Tess, I, I'm a big fan of Joe Tessitore. I know a lot of people don't like him. I loved hearing him on that game. McElroy, eh, I can do without. But it was, it was so impressive just because that game – was it wasn't over in the third quarter. Michigan State no. didn't have it. It wasn't over in the fourth quarter. There was still doubt that remained. Yep. And what I like seeing is exactly what you were talking about prepping that team, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there was days those players went home and said, this sucks. This is awful. What am I doing? I don't want another day like that. And then that game happens. And they're like, you know what? That was all worth it. For yeah. Every time I said it sucked, that was worth it. Because you're right. You didn't see cramping. You you heard the announcers talking about how on Miami's sideline they got shade. Right. Michigan State doesn't have shade. You see these makeshift, basically, I don't know, roofs for them on the sidelines. But And you hear about them putting cold towels on their heads. Whatever. They were prepared. And it goes back to us talking about those little episodes. Michigan State prepared us for this. They showed us all summer long their nutritionist. They showed us how she was making special meals, how she would give them oranges or this mm-hmm. and that. They showed us what they were doing. Right. Just we didn't look at it that way. We looked right. at it as, okay, they're promoting their program and yada, yada. No, no, no. They showed us. They showed Miami. Like, hey, we're doing it. Right. Believe it if you want. And they went in there. It reminded me a lot of the 2000 National Championship game when Michigan State played Florida. And I remember the press conference. I'm sitting there with Larry Lage, the AP. Not, oh, basketball. Basketball. Okay. I was like. And, and Florida's talking, oh, well, you know, they're too slow. They can't handle this. We're going to run them off the court. And Larry and I looked at each other and said, if they run that type of 
they run that style, they're going to lose the national title game. And in the end, yeah, they just thought that, oh, we're going to have all the swagger. And Michigan State ran them off the court, won the national title. And I remember the crowd chanting, you look tired, because they said State's going to be tired. Because they had just come off playing that 41-37 semifinal game against Wisconsin. So it looked like they couldn't play up-tempo. And they didn't realize – Every team almost put limiters on that team because they w- they could run. Yeah. So you had to slow it down to have a chance with them. Same with this game where Miami just thought they were going to come in there. As you said, you're going to have the sun on you. You're going to get tired. We're going to turn you over. MSU did everything. And going back to y- you score 31-17, you get the interception. There's no way in the world any other coach mo- – Less than two minutes to go, guys, we're going to take a knee. But you know what? Tucker said it best. At Michigan State, you can't just win. you got to do things different. you got to make a splash because nobody's watching Michigan State. You want to get noticed? You know what looks better than 31-17? 38-17. In Miami, that got people to take notice. Now you're hearing, okay, this team is a surprise team. Now you're hearing how a lot Kenneth Walker III is getting a ton of love. And they're saying, hey, this guy keeps it up, and maybe he's sitting in New York come well, that final week of the season. And there really aren't any kids this year that have separated themselves. That you it's, look at, it's, it's, it's Bryce like Young college, in it's, Alabama. Evan, but, it's, it's like college football. There's really no team that separated themselves. No. I thought Alabama until Florida came back. Right? And that was like, you, you're watching that game, you're like, is Bama? I turned it. Okay, I turned it off. So did I. When Bama scored the second touchdown and the guy walked it, I mean, he literally moonwalked in the end zone because there was nobody there. Did the cha-cha slide. Like, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a beatdown. Turn the channel. And then all of a sudden they're like, and Florida just missed a two-point conversion to tie the game up. What? Yeah, wild. Just absolutely crazy. And listen, I, I know I, I feel the same way that Mel Tucker does. When I heard the quote where – talking about the success and he went into his locker room and said do you all like the feeling of three and nine that's what I mean maybe I'm a scared state fan whatever you want to say but I still want to see him get over that hump this is very great right now you're like most I state fans to me are like the team when a pitcher is throwing a no hitter State fans don't like to jinx anything. They don't want to say anything. They won't look at the pitcher in the eye. Right. Because you're afraid that you're going to do something. I, I like they're embracing it. Guys, this feels good, right? You want you how, how would it feel to be three and nine? What? We wouldn't like that, coach. Okay. You can't sleep on Nebraska. Exactly. But I think this team is a little different. So remember <laughs> when I told you at the very start that I was going to say something that might be questioning things? I think Mark D'Antonio deserves a little credit for this team. And I don't think he's ever going to get it, at least here because of how things ended. Mm-hmm. But I have to look and watching the re-watching the game, right? I'm like, Peyton Thorne, that's a Mark D'Antonio guy. Right. Um, Speedy Naylor, that's a Mark D'Antonio guy. You look at Jalen Reed, <laughs> Mark D'Antonio guy. I'm looking at Connor Haywood. Mark, okay. there, there's a lot of players here. Yes, but here's the thing. I'm going to give you the other one. The Connor Haywood, no. Mark D'Antonio guy. But it reminds me a lot when D'Antonio first got there. Mm-hmm. And, and that, D'Antonio saw John L. Guys and said, well, why, what was it Devin Thomas? Well, why aren't you playing wide receiver? 
You could be my stud wide receiver. Blair White be- had to beg to stay on the team. Right. Blair White went on to become this great wide receiver. It's like, you know, Drew Beasley is an Antonio guy, but he wasn't being used the right way. Yeah. And I look at Connor Haywood. Props to Mel Tucker. Connor Haywood, I'm going to admit it, Connor Haywood was a guy that he he had reached the, the, to the point of. Well, we've uh, talked about it plenty of he, times. He was Brandon, Get him out of here. He was, the, he was the new Brandon Sowers. He was Nick Hill. He was right. He was like, okay, guys, Enough. I understand he's a great Spartan player, but he has no use on this team. Connor Haywood has a role, and Connor Haywood has a great role on this team. He is the fourth option. He's 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 tiny Gronk. How about that, dude? He might even be the fifth option because when I watch it and I see Mosley's playing really right. well, this Lockett kid who's come out of nowhere. I don't know anything about him, and maybe you can inform me. Right, but now he's getting run out there too, and I'm right. like, I think he's from Minnesota. Yeah, okay, he's getting run, and and so. He was a, he was, he was a D'Antonio guy. Is the last guy that you think of when you're the defense, right? But Connor Hayward goes across the middle. He's the tight end that Michigan State doesn't have any right now. Correct. And what you would hope, and they got a couple coming in next year. They want to throw the ball to the tight end, but their tight ends just aren't. So getting it done. What yet. happened to Gillison? He's out. I see he's him out, on the he's, sidelines. He's, he's out there. He hasn't. He's not in the best of shape. Okay, because he always looked like a guy that had the body type. He was, Gillison was the type that, yes, he could bully you in high school, but he didn't take it to that next level. And so when bullies meet bullies, how right. you going to react? And and he just, yeah, he's, he's just not that guy. Uh, Tyler Hunt, a converted lineman. I mean, he, give him credit because he does do well, yeah, but that a, one that hit him in the hands, he got a catch. He's a converted deed lineman. Uh, yeah, it when it's Connor Haywood. Connor Haywood is the guy that kind of stretches the field. He's a utility knife. He is not your main running back. He is not. But when you on the Wildcat play, when I'm sitting there screaming, "Oh dear God, not the Wildcat!" He basically said, "Follow me. Yep, I'll get you the first down." On, and it was the little things that this is why I got to give him praise because I I bashed this kid so much. But even down to the final touchdown. When they do the, the the fake end around and Jaden Reed comes around and scores. Oh, by the way, did you know that Jaden Reed and Peyton Thorne played together? You know what? Actually, we'll get right back to what <laughs> yeah. you're saying. I also learned there's another teammate of theirs on that team. Um, Cade McDonald yes. was also their teammate. Yes. I saw that on Spartan Hall Access. So, uh, but when when Reed is going around for that that touchdown, who's leading the way? Not only did he lead the way, but watch that touchdown again. Hayward took out two. A Miami Hurricanes for Reed to get in the end zone. Now, at that point, were the Hurricanes defeated? Probably. Sure, but, but he that's... did his job until the. And that's the thing that Tucker, Tucker has these kids playing to the final whistle. We're not taking knees. We're not gonna just say good enough. No, we're gonna punish you, and we're gonna keep playing nonstop. That's what you want to see out of a coach, okay? And you know he's got enough players he's rotating a lot of players in there but when i look at counter haywood and all the little things that he is doing that's what you need now the goal for mel tucker can you replace counter haywood with better athletes like d'antonio brought in greg jones yes. that was his big get but then after that every linebacker that he brought in was a little bit better was a little bit better all the way up to anquan sims simmons who was really 
good. But he would bring in Tawan Jones. He brought in different people who were more athletic than the person before. Well, yeah, who Denico was? Salad. That's who I was going to say. So, right, it was like, okay, when you look back, like, yeah, you Greg Jones was good, but, man, you evolved this position. No, he also got lucky that the genealogy of the Bullas came through in his time. Right. We're all pretty good. Right. But Max being the best. Can you replace this guy with that? Can, now you can show people. Look at what I can do with Connor Hayward. You're more athletic than he is. I can turn you into that jack-of-all-trades. My, my only point with it was, and, and you actually brought it up too, it's like it reminds me of back in the day when I was playing my PlayStation 1, I couldn't beat the game Tomb Raider. My buddy kept in, came in with a different set of eyes and was like, you're doing this, this, and this wrong. It's exactly what you said. But I just don't think – I mean, Mark D'Antonio did bring in good players. Peyton Thorne could end up being a great player right. for Michigan State. That's the only thing I'm trying to say is it's – Mel Tucker has done a phenomenal and job. And we haven't even gotten into Peyton Thorne yet. We will in a minute. Go ahead. Exactly. But I'm just saying it. I know I complained a lot about seeing Mark D'Antonio on the sidelines, but now it's starting to make more sense to me. Right. Because he's like – he still attached those kids. No, it, in in my heart, I feel he doesn't believe that he should have retired. He is, but it's the only reason why I'm so against him because people are like you hate D'Antonio. No, it's not, you Curtis can't. Blackwell thing. It has nothing to do with that. Give the man, let Tucker breathe. Okay, I equate it to this: Evan, you're married. Imagine you, your wife, get married. You go on your honeymoon, and when you come back, your mother-in-law and her bags are packed and waiting for you on the porch, and she says. I'm going to move in with you. You can't say no because it's your wife's mother. You don't want her there, but you got to act like, that's all good. Yeah, we can make this thing it's work. so fresh and so new. Right. And- you, you, you and your wife never had the time to just honeymoon and, and just walk around the house naked to do whatever it is that you do. Because your mother's there. Yeah, and I think Tucker is the kind of guy, just from what I've seen in what, is it nine games, eight games now right. that he's coached? is this dude is so comfortable in his own skin, what's happening around him does not matter. Right. And I think he is the perfect coach to allow that to happen. He is, because it's hey, don't come in here telling me how to run my team. Because he's so comfortable I'll, with I'll, himself. I'll let you be around here. I but... mean, signed his shorts on the sideline. I can't think of another coach doing it. No, nah, that, that was – that was that was uh, – But, I mean, there's nothing something. against No, it's it. not, but it was like when he came out the tunnel, I was like – He's wearing shorts. Okay, Mel. Okay. Right. Well, you All know. Right. And, and But you know what? That correlates with young men. Yeah. You know what? Is it, It's almost like like Jimmy, our boss here at 97, won the ticket. He's always told me. He might not want me saying this on the podcast, but I don't really care. As long as you get your work done, I don't care if you're here for nine hours or one hour, as long as everything's done. And I know I can count on you so you can do that kind right. of stuff. And it seems like he is like that. And that's what I'm saying, even with shorts. Listen, I know that the status quo is to wear khakis or to wear long pants. You know what? It's 105 degrees. I ain't worried about that. As long as we do our stuff, I don't care if you're in Speedos, right? Right. Do your job. Right. And that's from game one when you took that – do your job. What's that? The dead of a game where it doesn't matter, right? Yep. Do your job. No, and that's right. what they're all doing. They're buying into this. Not only are they buying into it, but you could even see like in the fourth quarter when Michigan State was getting ready to go for the kill shot, and after every play, the camera would cut to him, and he would just do that, keep chopping, keep chopping. Yep. Like he knew 
Like he, he was at a Braves at game point, in the 90s, At man. this point, I mean, you could see the chess game. Like He knew, like, okay, all the pieces are about to line up right here, right now. Wait. It, it, he knew in his mind that they were about to score. He just couldn't tell you. Like, oh, no, no, that's okay. You stopped him on here. That's okay. Run the next play that we've already prepared. Boom, boom, boom. He scores. T- turnover. Score. Turnover. And let's score again before we go. And you know what? Here's the thing. If Miami would have turned the ball over in the final minute, I do believe they would have tried to score another touchdown. Yeah. I, because I just, you're right. Because on the bottom line, when you're watching Penn State and Auburn and you didn't watch that game at all at noon, and it says 38-17 over the number 24 team in the nation, you're like, damn, Miami got housed. Was Wait, was Miami in Michigan State? Oh, they were in Miami? Yeah. Wow. And, and you're right. And kids see that. Yeah. You know what? A kid in Texas sees that who got a call from Mel Tucker and was like, Yeah, how about this? A couple kids who were there on official Miami visits now may be making visits to Michigan State. One was, and I got to give the kid credit. He was smart. He was a Michigan State commit, but he got to go. He said, He told Miami, Hey, can I take a visit to Miami for this game? And then, you know, you get to watch the team that you're going to commit to for free. Of course, you got to act. It's like a timeshare. You got to act like you want to buy it. Yeah, you got to wear your Miami gear and everything. Yeah, this, is, this is great. All you really want is the free breakfast and the, and the you know and the free coupons to Disney World. I love this stadium. Yeah, this is great. I can see that. Yeah, the U. Yeah, turnover chain. He's fabulous. Love it here. And then he came out, said how much he liked it, and uh, now Michigan State is really making the full court press for a. Uh, let me let me get his name, but for a. Um, but so be it, right? Yeah. I mean, if I'm a kid, you play the game. Yeah, but the now, game is there to be played. It, it is, Evan, and and I think that you, they, you get what five official visits. Yeah, if I'm a major recruit and I can get five major visits to huge colleges, I'm going to go get treated like a king five times. Well, I, I mean, I've seen it before where guys do that, where they will go and you know live your life. I want to. This is the team that I'm going to go see because I remember it was one kid who did that for. Um, geez, it was. Uh, he went to a Notre Dame game. He was coming to state, but he went to a Notre Dame game. And I was like, well, what are you doing here? He was like, shh, go Irish. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, we've all seen He Got Game, and you see Jesus Shuttlesworth walking into these dorm rooms. I'd be like, yeah, I want to see if that actually happens at every single school. So, And, yeah. and you know what? I bet you one out of 10, one out of 20 kids that do that, sometimes they do change their mind because they see a school that they weren't really planning on, they're like, you know what? It actually is pretty damn sweet here. So, yeah, it, it does happen. But for MSU, it, I'm trying to find his name, but he's a D lineman. And okay. he's, from, he's from Miami area, and now they're kind of making 6'7", edge rusher. Uh, if Big I find kid. it, I'll, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll tell you throughout. But they are – I mean, they're, they're, they took advantage of that. You're going down in Miami, IMG Academy, all these places. You kind of said – you know what? Maybe I just don't have to go up to Michigan, or I'll, maybe Michigan State can't be an option. And you're looking how they are using. Here's the other thing, Evan, and we could probably keep going on. They're scoring points. Mel Tucker is making state fun again. It, I mean, they, they you literally get hats. <laughs> Make state fun again. Yeah, I mean, it, because uh, because they're scoring thirty eight points, forty two points, thirty eight points. Like last year. If they scored 19, 20 points, wow, thank God they scored a touchdown and, and kicked five field goals. No, he's showing that last year was extended practice for his team. 
and for the guys that were there, and you said it best that it was a tryout. That's all it was. He found the guys that he wanted to be guys. And, I mean, I know people were like, well, I don't know if transfers are going to gel. Dude, you don't know if your high school recruits are going to gel. Right. Okay? When you recruit, you recruit because you believe these guys are there to do what you want them to do. I think a prime example of it is a 6'10 kid that just committed to Michigan State basketball. Right. And the quote that I saw from this kid was, I want to be coach tough. Right. I thrive on tough coaching. And I'm right. like, ding, okay. Izzo yeah. found his guy. <laughs> right? Yeah. And the kid is Elijah Russell. Okay. Elijah Russell, he's 6'7", from Florida. Uh, he's going to make an official visit up for the Michigan Michigan State game later on in, in the year. But it, it's guys like that that now are looking and saying, okay, once again, Drew Beasley. Can you upgrade Drew Beasley into better speed rushers? Because if you can, boy, do you have a future. Because Beasley is another D'Antonio guy, but now Beasley is something. Armani Winfield. That's a name that state fans may want to keep watch for. He's a four-star wide receiver from Texas. I saw like what Kaden Hauser was shouting, like you know what to do. Like I saw a lot on Saturday. He commi- he's committed to Texas. Oh. This was the kid when they, when you could first do visits. He took an official visit to MSU. He didn't go to Texas first. That's right. You talked about him state. before. Now he's going to be back on his own dime for the game Saturday. And, and and a lot of recruits, Hauser's going to be there. A lot of recruits are going to be there. You know they're going to be in his ear. This kid is looking at what Jaden Reed and Speedy Naylor are getting. And he has to be thinking to myself, dear God, you got Peyton Thorne, who we, we – let's give him his props. Peyton Thorne, 10 touchdowns, damn near 800 yards, no interceptions. Call him a game manager, maybe the best game manager out there. He knows. You know what? I got this guy behind me, number nine. He could bail me out. But his throws, he had one that should have been an interception. Miami dropped it. But other than yep. that, he's boom, boom, boom. He's getting it down. He knows when to tuck the ball and run. You saw that in the fourth quarter on that third and six, and he just took it like 15, 20 yards, got the first down. The quarterback sneak, bad spot, but he got the quarter, He got that first down. He also, which I love the most out of him, he is willing to take an L. And what I mean by that, a lot of players hate the incomplete pass. Yep. This kid has no problem throwing it out of bounds. Nope. Miami to play another play. First quarter, Miami was sacking him a couple times. He just ate the ball, took the sack. You know, Good. The ball. How many times have you seen it where quarterbacks make poor choices right. out of those plays or try to do too much or force a ball? You see him accepting the L on that play. And the thing that I liked about it, and the thing that, and it's why I like that in these bad against bad opponents, you let him go out there to see what he has. Is the big knock on you know with Michigan and Harbaugh and their quarterback. He learned the game may not be going my way in the first quarter, but hang in there. Give it time. Don't quit. This will work. It's not a sprint. First quarter, it looked like it was going to be a long day for him. First two drives, god awful drives. Couldn't get anything done, and then all of a sudden, it clicked, and then it got better, and then by the fourth quarter, I mean, when he hit Naylor deep, because that's the guy. I mean, him and Reed, they have a connection. Him and Naylor need to work on that connection. It's and it's it no longer a lot better. It's no longer the awkward first date. 
No, they've hooked up by this right. point. Right, yeah, they, they 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 hooked up a couple times. Yeah, they, I mean. You know, they got little pet names for each other now. They're still, like, it's not a given that they're going to hang out with each other. Right. Where they still have to ask. Right. But odds are that they're going right. to. So, you, you can't just show up to my house yet. Yes, but they're getting there. That right. was a good sign. Even with, you know, with um, running screens for him and all of that, like, I was very, very, very. So now there's a night game. Uh, Stripe the stadium, Nebraska. This is can you handle success? Now, that was the one thing in D'Antonio's heyday. He got those players to handle success after big games. There was no emotional letdown. Now you got to see what you're going to do with Nebraska, who is a better team. You know, they got it. You, know, uh, you got Martinez. Same, I think you used the same uh, game plan as you used against De'Eric King. Make him beat you with his arm. Don't let him scramble. Attack him as much as possible. Um, they're minus their running back, but you you got to wait and see what Nebraska's going to do. It's a it's a hungry team that they need any win they can get, yeah. and a win on the road at night at Michigan State, who's now ranked yeah twentieth, two back to back night games. It's going to be uh, interesting to see what they do. So uh, that brings and me no, to, I don't know what color uniform they're going to wear. No, we'll see it. They've been brilliant with that, right. by the way, with their social media teasing see, it throughout I, the week. I think that the special uniform is going to be next week because they knew that game early was going to be a night game. This one kind of just got tossed on them a few weeks ago. Oh, by the way, it's going to be a night game. So I think the big reveal will be next week's game against Western Kentucky. Who did I see? Uh, Snow trying to start the trend to bring the uh, chrome helmet back. Chrome helmet's back. Told you I like them, man. The chrome, yeah, but see, the chrome helmets, they work at, at night. They work at night, but they only work with the white jerseys. They don't look good with the green oh, jerseys. Them pull cowboys. Oh. Okay. All right. What you got, Evan? Um, the woodshed. Explain it to me because I see Mel Tucker's history on what right. he's saying with the woodshed. It happened in, was it the 90s or something yeah, like that? Yeah, late 90s. Hook me was, up with and information. It was late 90s, and I think it was an assistant coach who was just saying, or a trainer saying, you know, basically, it's an old it's an old term. Sure. That when you take somebody out behind the woodshed, means you spank them. Yes. You know, it's like, hey, I, I don't don't want the public to see this beating, but I'm about to take your parent. I'm going to take you behind you the woodshed. You know what's happening. Right. When you go behind the woodshed, you're about to get a beat down. You're about to get whooped. So that was the term. Yeah, we're going to make this the woodshed so that when people come to Michigan State and they come to Spartan Stadium, they get a beating. Now, they would often say, when you played Michigan State, you may have won the game, but it was such a physical game that they would beat you up. They want that type of an intimidation almost type of thing with the woodshed. So he's trying to bring that back. The funny thing is he may actually stumble upon something that may be better than the woodshed. The deep water. The deep water. And you could call Spartan Stadium the deep water. Because I'm like, dude, I, I get the woodshed and you're paying homage to the past. But it's like Tuck coming. Some things just kind of happen organically. You saw his quote on that? Yeah, he was like, I don't know what Tuck coming means. He's like, like I'll be at the game. Right. <laughs> I gotta find the whole one, a whole quote on it. But I, I gotta tell you, man, if, if I'm MSU's marketing department, you you need to jump on board of Tuck Cummins, the Deep Water. I mean, because when you're winning, this stuff works. Now, when you start losing, then you become Brady Hoke, and this is Michigan. 
Also, it's like, um, well, they got that swag surfing too, so right. I mean, it goes perfect. Oh dear with it. God, please get that thing right this time. We'll be seeing. It, I'm, that that intro last, the, it was that was awful. That, um, that you know what? That was an F. Here's that the, intern should just be dismissed. It, it wasn't their finest effort, but here's what Mel Tucker said according to Colton Pouncey. <laughs> And it's just so funny because he's so monotone and he's so like during these, you know, these media sessions. I like it. I think it's good. I'm not sure what it means. I mean, what does it mean? I mean, I will be at the game. <laughs> yeah. I I been at deep water like But that. you're right. He's creating swagger without I mean, could even you knowing- imagine at the end of the like the little intro where they do the, you know, the when the Sparty statue comes alive? And then when the players come out, and then all of a sudden it just says, welcome to the – and then all of a sudden you just see the deep, and it just rises like, welcome to the deep water. I mean, that – Right, and then they flood the stadium. I mean, they, they – <laughs> Or do like what the Panthers did you, oh, with that. With that. The, the, they, they animated the Panther from yeah, the scoreboard. Yeah, do it where it's just like waves are coming into the stadium or something. Yeah. Call well, your boys because that's the Oh, move. you're right. Well, all of a sudden, you know, instead of Sparty doing the slash through the opponent's thing, just where a gigantic boom. wave just comes right over Spartan Stadium and just drowns them out. Oh, that would be sweet. Okay. We're on that. I don't even need credit. I just oh, want to see it. See, th- this is why it's Evan Jenkins with Rico Beer <laughs> in right. the five-star zone. Yeah, there it is. Evan, I got a question for you, Evan. What, what kind of shoes will you be wearing this Saturday? It, it depends on the weather. It's a big game, so I might go with some uh, Jordan 11s, which are the uh, most popular Jordan, my favorite Jordan. You only bust them out for special occasions, and I think that might be one. All right. Evan, t- take us out. Well, for Rico Beard, I'm Evan Jenkins, and thank you for listening to the Five Star Zone. And make sure you like, subscribe, and also ask us any questions you have about the Spartans or Wolverines.